Welcome to Podcast with Cooper Cherry. We are back this week with Kylie Smiley. Kylie is one-third of the Golden Ghouls, a local podcast in Austin. Um, welcome to the show, Kylie. Thanks for joining me. Thanks so much. Very excited. Great to have you here in the Bullet Coop spaceship this evening. So let's just jump off in the bat from the bat and let us know a little bit about the Golden Ghouls. Like what what's the premise here? What are we what are we doing? What's the What's your target demographic? Sure, absolutely. So the Golden Ghouls, um, we are three ghouls, three girls, who are very interested in the paranormal, um, anything haunted, spooky, the macabre. And we, each week, divulge into a specific topic or location um, that is apparently haunted, and we kind of give a little bit of a background history as well um, and let the listeners you know come to their own conclusions about whether a story or a tale is real um, and we do like to incorporate a little bit of our own stories and opinions as well so I think that kind of provides some humor <laughs> nice uh, so what, what was this like what brought this about like whose idea was this what was the genesis of the project so us three ghouls, Alyssa, <laughs> Emily, and myself, we met at work and, you know, just typical work banter, you know, while you're working on emails or tickets, you know, we're talking about podcasts or shows that we like or books that we're interested in and the topic of haunted things <laughs> and um, just typical spooky genres kept coming up and it got to the point where we'd be talking about it so often that... It may have been, I think, Alyssa. She was like, you know what? We should start a podcast. And at the time, it was, you know, kind of like a pipe dream. And we're like, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, that's that's something we could do one day. But the more we found ourselves talking about different topics and our own experiences with the paranormal, um, the more we were like, we should just make this a reality. Like, this could be really fun. And it might provide some entertainment to people that are interested in it. So about, I want to say three months ago, we bought a mic and some software, did a little bit of research. We uh, came to you for some advice <laughs> and we just recorded our uh, first episode. So um, just last night we recorded our 13th episode. Oh, so, nice. So Lucky far, number 13. Exactly. That's what it was about. <laughs> How perfect. Yeah. And uh, so far, so good. So, you know, we just want to give the people what they want. <laughs> of course. You know? <laughs> right on. So is has the paranormal been something you've been interested in? Like, is this a lifelong kind of interest of yours? or? Yes. <laughs> so that's something else that bonded all three of us. We've all had this strange, almost obsession with the paranormal. Um, for me, I'm from a very small town. I mentioned this in the first episode of The Golden Ghouls, but I'm from a very small town in Massachusetts, um, lots of history, um, Native American burial grounds. Uh, my town actually used to be part of Salem, Massachusetts. So, you know, with the Salem witch trials and everything that went on there and just the um, the upkeep of horror and haunts up until this very day in Salem, Massachusetts, it's something that I grew up with and was always um, experiencing, whether, you know, we take a school field trip to Salem to see the wax museum or, um, 
you know, I go on my own with some friends for Haunted Happenings, which is the duration of October. It's just haunted houses. People are always dressed up. It's amazing. Um, so I've always been kind of immersed in at least haunted places. Just It just comes with the history, you know. Right. Any old place is going to be. Yeah. Have some, some stories. For sure. <laughs> um, and also, I was thinking about this on the way here. I was like, how did my obsession with aliens begin? <laughs> And aliens too huh yeah yeah i know we do focus on ghosts but and we try to keep it you know on on topic but i i've always been fascinated with extraterrestrials and i think it came from when i was younger i had insomnia mm-hmm. i couldn't sleep um so i would watch tv and the x-files would be on <laughs> so i would watch x-files at like at eight at an age that you probably shouldn't be watching X-Files, but I was obsessed. Like, I would stay up even past, I don't know, maybe one. I think it came off, like, it came on at, like, 12. And then there's another episode at 1, and I would force myself to stay up to watch the second episode, even if I was tired. So maybe I didn't even have insomnia that entire time. <laughs> I was just an X-Files Just poor sleeping fanatic. habits. Exactly. And, I mean, it's the slogan, I want to believe the truth is out there. I haven't had any crazy experiences with the paranormal or ghosts, but I so badly want to believe <laughs> that these things are real. <laughs> and I think that also feeds the fascination and just my interest because I hear of other people that, you know, that I respect and um, look up to. They've had these experiences. So I'm like, well, they can't be crazy. You know, I'm, I'm sure these things have happened. Um, and so I'm just waiting, waiting for that day that I'm either abducted or a ghost says hi. Honestly, anything, come at me. <laughs> so there's like, do you even have a crazy, maybe a story from when you were a kid? I know, I know that I do. Like, I don't know if I imagined these things or if they really happen. I'm kind of unsure. Um, it's, cause yeah, I definitely it's, have, it's a, hazy, right? I have one hell of an imagination and I'm definitely at this point, I'm super skeptical. So. Yes. That's, I feel like that's also part of our podcast. Like we, we try to be, or we don't even try to, but we're naturally a little bit critical of the story, but, um, I want to hear your story. Okay. So I have two. (laughs) Um, so we were playing, we're, I was with some friends and I was probably six, seven, eight, maybe. And, uh, we turned out the lights and I remember seeing this woman in white, like she was all kind of illuminated in in sort of a dress and um just appeared there and i was the only one in the group that's that saw this the white lady we would we called her for some reason i don't know we're like six or seven so that was horrifying (laughs) right um i wasn't really freaked out or anything at the time but it was definitely like that's going pretty far back you know what i mean it's it's kind of stretching my memory to even remember the whole scenario I just can kind of I can see the image of her in my mind but that's that's really about it but I don't remember being freaked out and then that like became part of our lure in the whole in my friend circle because we'd always be hanging out and we just be like oh the white lady's gonna come (laughs) or something (laughs) or we'd spot her I mean it must have been realistic enough for you to remember it all these years yes you know to have such an impact even on your friends yeah I'm not not sure I'm not sure really yeah you never know and then uh, there was this other time that, okay, so my parent, my dad would go to work really early in the morning and my like stepmom would drive him to work. And so they, I think he was, they were waking up really early, like five or something. 
and she was taking him to work, and I thought I heard this really maniacal, evil laugh in the house. And it freaked me. You know, it was dark, of course, like pitch black outside at 5 a.m. And so this was was like probably, I don't know, I was like 10, 11, something like that, maybe fifth grade or so. And, I mean, I just fucking booked it out of the house. (laughs) I booked it, and I grabbed a chair. So we, you know, lived in a rural community as well. And we had a super long drive. It was like an, probably a half a mile drive that kind of wound before you would get to the main sort of county road. Mm. So I like grabbed this chair and I like posted up there to like the entrance to the whole property and waited for my stepmom to come back. <laughs> I waited like an hour because I was that freaked out by this laugh. But I again, I'm, it's unclear whether I imagined this shit or if it was real or if I was just half awake or whatever the case may be. And no one else is home? No, I was, yeah, I was straight up by oh myself. My God, I was like, fuck scary. this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. I bet someone drove by and saw you with the chair and they were like, oh my God, I think <laughs> I saw a ghost. It was a boy in a chair. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this was like straight up in rural Texas. Yeah, right? In by the like the railroad nowhere. tracks and shit. Yeah, there's, there's nothing out there. Yeah, similar to my hometown. Lots of farmland. I did have... A strange experience with my parents. We were driving in the car and we were driving towards Ipswich, which is a town next door. I've heard of this town. Oh, nice. I don't remember. Maybe ah, from it. HP Lovecraft. It could be. Yeah. Very well could be. And we were driving through some farmland. And so the road was winding, but then it comes to a clear for the fields and the moon was shining really bright. And I think it must have been around fall because there were corn stalks, just like the classic spooky scenario going on. And my mom says to my dad, she's like, Jimmy, what's that? And she points up to the sky and there's like this bright light. My dad slowed the car down because he's trying to look. And he's like, I don't know, is it, is it a planet? And my mom's like, well, what planet looks like that? It almost looked like an orb. Like it wasn't... I don't know, you know, like when you see a bright star that, or a planet, it looked, it looked weird. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it just dropped like super fast. It just looked like it dropped like onto the ground somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the car was silent. We were like, what the hell was that? And my parents brought this up to me a few years ago. And I Googled it. And it was like, oh, UFO sightings. Like, we saw a bright light, and then all of a sudden it dropped really fast. And I'm like, oh, my God, did we see a UFO in the cornfield, <laughs> just like the movies? So that that was something, I don't know. There's no explanation as to what that could be. Like, we're near an airport, but that wasn't a plane. Like, it moved so fast. <laughs> I have no idea what that was. <laughs> um, so I'd like to think that that was a UFO or an alien or something. Um I'm not scared easily, which may also be why I chase horror and I love horror films and I love hearing people's stories because I want to be scared. (laughs) You know, I want a reason. I want a reason to believe. And, you know, I love going to scary movies, going to the theaters. Like, I'll even go by myself if that, like, ups the scary. Exactly. (laughs) Hugging yourself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's always a challenge I'm like will I be scared like will my heart rate increase in this movie because if not then oh well like taking your pulse while you're sitting there okay I have one of those not even above 100 (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> piss poll rating. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I'm hoping before I die, I'll have some type of interaction. <laughs> I'm just the opposite. I'm, I, real life is scary as fuck to me as it is. And mm-hmm. just the, the cosmic horror of existence and all the existential kind of shit. That's like enough. I don't, I don't need any extra kind of shit to be worried about. Okay, Kylie. God. Yeah. Kind of freak me out. <laughs> I don't need this I shit. I won't invite you to the movies, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was always, I've always had a, like I said, I have a vivid imagination, so this shit would haunt me in my dreams, like Freddy mm-hmm. Krueger. Freddy Krueger scared the fuck out of me. That Especially, I mean, he was like getting in people's dreams. You can't fucking fall asleep. And then he's in your dreams. Exactly. So my then boy. I, yeah, then I would fucking see that. I've had this reoccurring nightmare for years, my whole life. Where Those are the worst. I've been, I'm being like chased by this, I don't know, like force or this per it's like a Jason character. Mm. I don't know, roughly. And it's always the whole dream. It's like, I'm barely eluding them. You know what I mean? They're yep. just always like right there. I'm nipping on my heels and shit. I just can't ever like <laughs> get any distance or anything. The classic anxiety dream. Perhaps right. it's the, it represents the existential crisis. Exactly. You, I think you're <laughs> onto something chasing me. for sure. Seriously. <laughs> it's the uh, grim reaper or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, what else? Like fucking Hellraiser, that shit, Pinhead, like all oh, that yeah. stuff creeped me the fuck out. Um, I did. I do kind of like Jason is the one sort of movie that I kind of think those are more funny. Like those are kind of humorous to me. Yeah. I could kind of stand those a little bit more than the Freddy Krueger and Hellraiser. I forget yeah. what else there is. There's That's like, how I feel about like John Carpenter movies. Like it's it's horror, but then also some ooh, action. Yeah, that shit's but then crazy. it's kind of like it's almost a more bit scary. Of a parody sometimes like just a touch of humor. I mean, at least maybe in like The Thing. Yeah, the, like just to me, The Thing bit. is. That's oh my like, god, it's my favorite. It's more that's more like a realistic <laughs> horror that I think is way worse yeah, than any like kind of sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's wild. I saw that at the Alamo a few years ago. Actually like less than two years ago. Um they were playing it on the seventy millimeter screen. I was very excited. <laughs> nice. So it's funny that you we mentioned we mentioned this anyways because my last episode was a review of The Shining. Oh yeah, a classic. But I don't really quite consider that to be horror exactly. I mean, it kind of technically is, but I don't know. I don't really. It's not really scary in the same way. More like. Wait, have you started to watch? Is it Castle Hill or Castle Rock? Castle Rock. I have not. No, I told you. I, I don't fuck King. with these. I don't fuck with these scary <laughs> movies. I'm not even. Maybe it's some new like show. Dracula. I kind of. I kind of <laughs> vibe with maybe some Dracula shit, but. I can see that. I can see that with you. Yeah. But that's about it. <laughs> I try it, yeah. Like I said, real life scares the fuck out of me yeah. enough, so I don't need any extra shit. The more realistic shit. a scary movie is, the more likely it's going to scare us. Both of us, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I even, I hate fucking jump scares. That I just, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. I can like, it's like, yeah. Did you see? Just waiting. Hereditary? No, I don't, no, I don't, I don't watch it. Any, <laughs> I don't, like, Kylie, I don't not fuck with any of it. I don't. I, I wasn't like expecting a, any jump scares. And I have I usually, a fatwa against uh, horror films. <laughs> if I didn't cry so much, I'd think that maybe I'm like a sociopath because I don't get scared. <laughs> but in Hereditary, there's this one scene and I did a jump. I did a scare. Okay, this is the one with, ah, damn, I forget the actress, but it's the little girl that's kind of weird looking-ish. I don't know. Yeah, she's very unique looking. Okay. I, forget, I should know her name because she did such a good job. Yeah, I think um, she's been in something. I've seen her in something else too. Yeah, she... It, yeah, it. Ooh. <laughs> There's another scene that kind of just turned my stomach. And again, like if I have any 
strong reaction to a movie, especially horror. And I'm like, all right, this is this is a good one. <laughs> nice. What uh, what are some of your favorites? Um, in terms of horror movies, yeah, get, just no gonna, particular order. You're gonna laugh, but growing up, I was obsessed with The Ring. Okay. <laughs> Love Samara. Um, I don't know if it was just like the the backstory of like having a VHS tape, <laughs> you know, and just like the maybe because it was filmed on the coast, and so for me that was very similar right. to like my lifestyle. That makes sense, yeah. Um, but I've I've seen The Ring Two and The Ring Three. I I just love it. You know what's crazy? Movie. We actually on my uh, so you know I grew up like an hour and a half outside of Austin, and we do have we have you know pretty significant land holdings, and we have a handful of those actual like cistern style water wells. Oh, crazy! So I'm glad that I there's, wasn't. <laughs> there's some in my town. Too, I, my I'm hometown. glad that I wasn't. That movie hadn't come out when I was young because that would have been freaky as fuck. Really? I've been like, I would have been away. like, <laughs> right? I'd have been like throwing bricks or something in there to keep that like pile it up with bricks, yeah. close it up. This, she's not coming for me. <laughs> we are not watching uh, the 1992 World Series again either that I had on VHS. Scary as well. <laughs> um, but growing up, I loved you know Hocus Pocus. You know, just like the introductory horror movies. Um, not that the blob is scary, but that almost was like a gateway to John Carpenter movies, I feel. Um, just like the the weird like 70s and 80s style, just like strange. What about, uh, did you ever see Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? Yes. And then Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, oh God. That, that one. <laughs> that one freaked me yeah. the fuck out. I still, to this day, those clowns. Are you afraid of clowns? I'm afraid of those fucking killer clowns. Yeah, the ones with the big teeth. <laughs> yes. And they would like put you in the, they would like suck you with the straw yeah, or like something weird. Yeah, it was real weird. weird. It was a. Yeah. That one freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. Pretty hard. It was a little concerning. Almost like John Wayne. I think that might be responsible for my whole clown, or no, not clown uh, phobia, but just scary movie thing where I'm like honestly yeah especially if you saw that at a young age because you think that like oh clowns whatever and then yeah I was like six or seven oh, it's you too know. young Cooper I, I was exposed to all <laughs> kinds of crazy shit what if you saw a clown up. today that was toothless do you think you could handle it yeah, I don't know. A De- gummy clown. It would depend on the on the scarier. makeup style depending on the makeup style yeah. there, there's a lot of variables here mm-hmm but I'm going to still lean towards I would like probably be creeped the fuck out. Oh. <laughs> juggalo style, teethless. Juggalos. Grandpa uh, Juggalo. Juggalos are, are comrades, uh, actually. So okay. I, I support the Juggalo, mm-hmm. the Juggalo movement. They're good people. Exactly. They're winners. They are. No doubt. Yeah. And we need winners in this world today. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Juggalos. They're considered a <laughs> terrorist organization. Kind of wrong. Yeah, they seriously are. Just because they're like supposedly like a quote unquote gang or what, what have you. Shouldn't that like shouldn't anarchy be a little separate from terrorism? I don't know. This isn't a political episode, so we won't get. (laughs) I think it. Well, you know, we we tackle it all here. Go anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever you want to do, whatever road you want to go down, we'll go down it. Yeah. True. True. I also grew up. uh, My parents were super interested in UFOs. Also. So we, back in the day, like in the, in the early 90s. <laughs> when I was born. <laughs> the, oh no, I was born 89, so. The Fox Network. <laughs> they used to have all of these kind of news style shows, kind of like 
they would be like these 30 minute shows i forget what the names were they of kind of like it almost seemed like they were they're almost like tabloid and yeah exactly like, yeah. they were that exact same style yeah, yeah. very similar production wise <laughs> uh, we still watch the shit out of those my parents were always interested in all that kind of stuff um let me throw this angle at you so in terms of i'm gonna get philosophical for a second Please but just, just bear with me <laughs> so from a philosophical standpoint i'm pretty much on the on the train of what's called materialism which means that essentially everything in the universe is one substance it's one thing technically okay. and everything arises out of the physical phenomenon that phenomenon that occurs so consciousness for example only exists because there is a physical human with a brain and nervous system right of course yep and so since we can't really we don't really commonly observe consciousness that is not tied to some kind of physical, physical. form mm-hmm. then i'm very so that that's why i'm very skeptical of yeah it would be hard to comprehend that right. or yeah. even maybe see that you know in any aspect like visually so I'm, that's primarily where my skepticism comes in about the paranormal but i will say that i don't believe in it in the sense that most people do I believe in the possibility, certainly, that there are paranormal things that are unexplained because, I mean, we're just a tiny fraction of the universe, right? Exactly. There's so much going on yeah. every day that we don't see. I mean, x-rays, gamma rays, the rest of, you know, all that stuff, radio There's probably many more rays. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of shit going on that we have, you know, dark matter, dark energy, all kinds of stuff that we can't see, black holes, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of crazy shit that's going on in the universe, so I wouldn't be shocked if there was, you know, some sort, something sort of paranormal, even in the traditional sense, yeah. when people talk about ghosts, right? Exactly. But my theory, and this kind of extends to aliens as well, is that p- perhaps these are either e- extra-dimensional beings, so beings that exist within the same space that we do, mm-hmm. but that are in other dimensions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, some scientists or physicists, whatever, have theorized that there are as many as like 12 dimensions and they Damn. so some of these dimensions could be very small and i don't really remember i don't have the science in front of me but supposedly they can exist in the exact same space that we are but we would never interact with them and they would never interact with us directly but we could inhabit the same actual physical space mm-hmm. don't ask me how the fuck that works but dimensions man <laughs> i could definitely see there being some type of overlap or at certain points these dimensions are come in contact with one another or there are traces or something like that that we interact with potentially, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that could be an explanation for both aliens, abductions, mm-hmm. ghosts, what have you. Um, you know, those are some other things. But what else? There's also like theories about parallel universes that exist in the same, I don't know if this is true, but potentially exist in the same physical space as we do as well. But anyway, you know, maybe this is the bleeding over of two parallel universes or yeah yeah. like if there's so much energy it's there's bound to be some type of interaction even if it's just small yeah so that's kind of where i where i come from i'm definitely open-minded about stuff but i'm definitely in the skeptic camp i'll say i have to ask you do you think that we're living in a simulation (laughs) (laughs) i thought you'd never ask that question (laughs) Alyssa always makes fun of me because i I talk about it all the time (laughs) 
since the since the Trump election, I have <laughs> never been more convinced yes, that we are exactly. probably living in some type of weird simulation yep. than ever before. People are having a great time with us. It feels like there's been a lot of bizarre shit that's happened. Even just things like Grimes dating Elon Musk, for example. Like what? Yeah, speaking of like I isn't mean, Grimes wasn't Grimes like a kind of like quasi socialist kind of eh, you know? I don't know her history, but I thought she was. She, she was definitely gothy. Yeah, and she's definitely Elon a goth Musk. girl. I guess that he. I wish I knew. I was who, disappointed. Like, the facts behind this, but he. She wrote a song and she mentioned, I think, some character, some I- ideology or something, and he either heard the song or someone told him about it and he was also just as fascinated with this subject uh, this does and sound so kind he, of familiar so he reached out to her and he was like yo slid into the dms she, yeah she was like yeah i guess we could hang out <laughs> <laughs> you know he has like six kids what no yeah. i did not know yeah. this his previous wife Tallulah. Pre- he was married to Tallulah riley from mm-hmm. westworld yeah it's like that was the second wife and his first wife um she's a writer She's very intelligent, but you can't have two geniuses dating. That's That doesn't work. That's asking for trouble, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, needless to say, we are not fans of Elon Musk <laughs> on this podcast <laughs> and his anti-union stance. He tries. And all of his bullshit. <laughs> he, I think he's aging backwards. Have you seen the pics, the before and after? Uh, I'm pretty sure that I have posted one on Twitter. Oh, yeah, I think you did. The one when he was <laughs> He's like going for Apple. bald. Yeah. Yes, he's like going bald or something. He looks like fucking, he looks like Mao. He looks like Chairman Mao a little bit. Yeah. I posted this, like did a side-by-side picture of him together. I was like, because he was on Twitter a while back claiming that he was a socialist. Mm, yeah. And I was like, hmm, hmm. Vodka. I don't know about this guy. Yeah. So I was like, ah, he is a socialist. Look, he's got the Mao haircut. But, but now he has since yeah he's got he has it that hairline out. back it's closer to his eyebrows he's looking buff him and lebron have been working <laughs> on their hairlines together it's fascinating truly. they're they won't release the technology to the public they're Talk keeping it for themselves am i right <laughs> right maybe grimes will i don't know maybe that's what it is is she is summoning some type of there's some type of occult thing Honestly, going on she seems kind of alien could be. Which, which I like. You know, I'm not a big, not a huge Grimes fan. Older Grimes is fine. But, you know, maybe that's his connection to the other dimensions. You know that she she was at ACL, I feel. Eh, maybe oh, really? 2013 <gasps> oh, yeah, or yeah. 14. I feel like I saw her mm-hmm. there. And I was like, yeah, oh, when right. I first moved here, I remember she was nice. here. <laughs> so what about other types of occult stuff? Have you ever fucked with like magic or voodoo or any of that kind of stuff or i have kind of a funny story <laughs> so do tell do tell i guess it's not that funny but uh so i grew up uh protestant so going to Same. church which um, uh what a denomination um congregational right yeah i don't i, and, I don't know but my I'm, father I'm was southern baptist around right? here it's like hellfire and brimstone <laughs> like, you <know. laughs> if you don't know the lord you're going to hell no uh, questions going to heck you do not pass go oh my lord do not collect two hundred dollars but it's funny, my mom was raised Baptist, my dad is from a huge Irish Catholic family, and then they decided to raise my sister and me as Protestant. Um, but I have a lot of like Irish Catholic influence as well. And Did I hear a little sing-songy voice there? <laughs> oh, <lassie>. Yes. <laughs> um, 
And when I first moved to Austin, I I was at was it Book People? Yeah, I was at Book People. And I don't know what section I was in, but I came across a book on Wicca, Wiccan culture. And I was just flipping through it and I thought it was fascinating, just like the connection to, you know, nature and the world and moon patterns, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna buy this book see what happens. I'll dabble, you know, whatever. And I may have just been crazy (laughs) in that moment. But as I started walking, I got this like really strange feeling of like anxiety and like an overwhelming sense of negativity, which is weird because I don't, I still don't see Wicca or Wiccan studies as negative but it was just this very strange feeling that made me put the book back and then I left (laughs) just ran out yeah so now that I think about it it's probably like a grandma or a great grandma of mine being like put that down (laughs) you know go grab the rosary beads (laughs) but it was a that was a bizarre instance um and going to Salem all the time I'd go to um stores that were owned by you know witches and I'd get some teas and whatnot one place had this like really delicious cinnamon tea and it was supposed to be healing and I loved talking to the owner because she was so knowledgeable um, and she just had a very like calming presence Um, so I mean I'm I've always been open to the occults and I guess in regards to like religion, I'm open as well, but still I haven't had any crazy wild stories <laughs> aside from book people. I think there's a store here in Austin that has some like some element of some, I don't know, maybe it's just the crystals or something like that, but I feel like I've- So many crystal stores. I've definitely met some people that actually worked at a store here in Austin that has some of this stuff. I forget. Maybe it's Uncommon Objects. No, that's that's just oh, a that's, stupid store. But there's something else. That's We talk about un- uh, Uncommon Objects in one of the podcasts when we talk about haunted objects. But that's more of um, like a state um, vintage items. Yeah. there's I forget. There's something else. There's a different name. I, it escapes me at the moment. But there's a place here in Austin that definitely has some type of occultish gear you can buy i don't know for lack of a better word that's cool (laughs) i'm down to check it out there's also i just heard about this from my hairstylist a couple of weeks ago he was telling he was telling me that there is a style of music called witch house oh is it like the band witch (laughs) i I assume that this is very dark (laughs) have you heard of the music salem the band salem (laughs) I assume this is house music that is has I don't know Heavy probably bass. some like crazy ass occult ramblings or like Latin phrasing over some you know really it, dark house. I feel beats. like it's probably it's in there secretly, but yeah, it's most it's kind of just like house music. But there is there I did look this up on Reddit. There is a witch house subreddit witch house if I'm subreddit. not mistaken. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to check this out. <laughs> look it up. Witch look house it up. Music. Get down. Get down. Anytime you're doing a ritual, you could just throw that shit on. I feel like that's the type of music my ex listened to. (laughs) Which doesn't surprise any of us. Um, So I'll tell you my story about the occult. How I sort of got interested in it is actually through comic books. Cool, yeah. 
a couple of writers that I like, um, Alan Moore and fucking Grant Morrison talk, a classic. Ab- talk about um, sigil magic. And which is essentially you kind of basically draw something. Essentially, you sort of draw something that correlates to something you want to occur. Mm-hmm. And then that's that's a sigil. It's like a sigil I've, symbol, sigil. I don't know. There's some type of like etymological, etymological uh, constant there. But even, okay, so what and about... And then it like manifests. Yeah, then it manifests. I don't, you somehow act, you activate the spell or what have you through some... I'm unclear exactly how you activate it, but there's sort of an activation portion of it. And then that thing manifests itself in the world. So it's sort of like the secret for mm-hmm. for freaks. I got to get it on that. I got to start drawing doll hair bills. And then randomly, okay, so this was probably within weeks of stumbling upon this whole sigil magic or chaos magic thing. I actually was at a restaurant downtown and I saw the... A book sitting uh, at, on top the of the uh, the valet stand, and it was a book on sigil magic. <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck? This is weird." What and is this, this is valet like doing? All, <laughs> right? It's like all of a sudden <laughs> tips. It's like once you start paying attention to things, it's like you see that same. It thing. starts to manifest. Yeah, exactly. It's all over the place once you're paying attention to mm-hmm. it. That's like me with its own. with my Prius. Now I see Priuses <laughs> everywhere. Did you ever uh, fuck with the Ouija board? Oh my gosh, yes. Don't even get me started. No crazy <laughs> no crazy Ouija board stories? Not personally, but Alyssa, the a fellow ghoul, she tells a story of, I think she was in high school, and she was with two of her friends, and they were in a room. They had the Ouija board out. She was known as like the girl who had the Ouija board. So like, you want to fuck with some spooky stuff, you contact Alyssa. So <laughs> she was in a room with her two friends. They're playing with the Ouija board. I don't think anything crazy is happening. I think they ask it a question, and then all of a sudden, there's this, I guess, it almost sounds like a creaking noise that traveled around the room, like in the walls. And they were scared shitless and like ran out of the room. And I think she got rid of her Ouija board after that because Burned it was Burned some sage like, in that bitch. <laughs> yeah, it was like traumatic. But I, I can't imagine that happening i'd be like goodbye yeah i mean uh, i, <laughs> I don't commend her for still having an interest in the paranormal I'll, I'll put it this way i i'm skeptical but i'm not even i'm not even gonna fuck with the ouija board yeah, either yeah. not just not even gonna nope yeah no, i'm not i'm not curious yeah, at all exactly what happens you know it's uh, funny when i so i mentioned before how the ring was one of my favorite movies growing up for christmas one year my mom bought me the ring as a or no actually you know what I had purchased the Ring DVD on my own. I brought it into the house, and she was like, "No, there's Burning no way sage. you're getting that out of here. Throw it away." <laughs> and go to she, your car right now. Go to your car. Go return it. <laughs> and she actually took it, and I think she threw it away. And um, but a few months later, like for Christmas, she gave me. She bought me like the ring and the ring too, like in my stocking or something, just because like she was like, okay, that was a little ridiculous, but it's funny that she made me throw it away. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Uh, again, so there was a, a, a movie way back in the early nineties, oh, the yes. early nineteen nineties. See if I remember. <laughs> called I believe it was just Ouija, and oh yes, that shit. I vaguely remember it, but that freaked me out enough to where I'm like, nope, 
not not gonna fuck with the Ouija board. Did that come out around the same time as Stigmata? Because I remember. Oh, uh, this was way this way was before quite, Stigmata. Yeah, okay. I feel like this is yeah that was like l- perhaps late nineties. It still had like an eighties. Yeah, kiss this was to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, this was like ninety one, yeah. ninety two, somewhere in there. Yeah, I was but a toddler. <laughs> Wild. So for the show, have you guys thought about? Like, have you done any investigations? Or are you just kind of going topic by topic on different things that interest you across the country? Or like, what have you given that any thought? So far, we've chosen topics based on either personal experiences or personal interests, places that we've been or places that we want to go to um, or that we've been interested in. We do have um, listeners submit who submit stories so sometimes yeah that's like my favorite part (laughs) and you know sometimes we'll base an episode off of that you know if someone says oh I had this experience in Tennessee you know we'll you know do some research on that specific town and try to get some history get some facts or other similar stories that have occurred Um, but we are going to NOLA, New Orleans, oh, New nice. Orleans at the end of the month. New Orleans. New Orleans. And we're super excited because we will be doing a little bit of investigating. Um, we're staying at a haunted hotel. We are in touch with um, a, a ghost tour um, and some other people down there. Uh, we have some friends that want to give us some tours, bring us to some places. So we're super excited and we're going to actually record an episode when we're there. And we may actually do some um, video as well, some taping. So we'll see what happens. And if that goes well, we'll we'll try to do some of their investigations in the future. But one ghost step at a time. <laughs> nice. So when I was in grad school, we did a whole website project. And the theme was haunted places. Because I went to Texas State in San Marcos. Mm-hmm. So we did a whole project interactive website with like a treasure map style of haunted places in San Marcos. Do you still have that? I don't remember (laughs) the website. It's probably not up. I mean, this was like 10 years ago. I graduated from grad school, like 09. So this is quite a while ago. So I doubt it. I don't think I have any of the shit, (laughs) but I could probably find some of the things I definitely do know as well. There's several haunted spots in Austin that you could go to. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, we did, I mean, we did sort of quasi-investigations of uh, several places. You know, we took photos with a camera. I mean, all we really saw, I don't know if you're familiar with the um, with orbs, the little, mm-hmm. like, white kind of yes. see-through sort Very of orbs that appear. Yep. That was about the extent of what we saw. And sometimes, I don't know, there was like a phone, what, what do they call them, the meters? Mm-hmm. We're going to bring one of those to New Orleans. I think it's an e- EV meter. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we had those on the phone, so supposedly that's supposed to be an indication of paranormal presence yeah. or what have you. I don't, you might know more than I do. <laughs> Alyssa's the expert there. She's uh, she's actually the one buying the meter. And then she and her boyfriend are going to use it for other things as well. Interesting. Yeah. Are they that's in some type of... A, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm like, uh... Just some ghost hunting on their own. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, who knows? Right. <laughs> Maybe they're doing something wild. What are you guys doing? I mean, I did see I did see that movie Ghostbusters, and Dan Aykroyd had his pants unzipped by that ghost. Oh, my word. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, we did that. Um, 
damn, I wish I had those photographs. But that was kind of the only remotely, you know, I don't even know how what that phenomenon. I mean, there's could be little micro, you know, bugs that reflect shit. But it's Who interesting knows, right? that they did show up. Oh in yeah, the photos. absolutely. There was every it's like how often do those show up? You know, like maybe one in fifty, one in one hundred photos. So it's strange that like you actually got some orbs. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they showed up quite frequently at all these places that we were at at night. What the heck? But uh. So there's a couple of spots in Austin that I know of that are haunted, and you could probably do plenty of research to uncover more, but I know for a fact that... So the main place or the home that um, Moonshine, the restaurant is... Yes. That place is supposed to be mad haunted. Mm -hmm. So that's one. But also the Driscoll Hotel, the upstairs, there's some rooms there that are supposedly haunted. I've walked around there a few times. I um, had my mom and my sister stay there when they came to visit. Because my apartment was too small. And uh, we walked around. We we snuck around, actually, and tried to find some spooky things. But, yeah, it's it's surprising we, that the Golden Ghouls haven't yet explored Austin. We were thinking of doing a ghost tour and then kind of, like, rolling off of that. Yeah. But we got to get at it. It's, I feel you like know, it's where we're based. And there's there's definitely a lot of spooky things, especially downtown. There's some crazy shit in San Antonio as well. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard about this place, but supposedly there's that. There's a range, not range, train tracks where they, supposedly these, there was maybe some school bus kids that got killed or kids that were killed in the school bus oh, accident no. that will actually push your car uphill. Oh. And then people have talked about they've seen like <laughs> handprints on their cars and shit. You know, I don't know how legit that is, but maybe something else makes you think to look into. So maybe then you can have your <laughs> long sought after crazy fucking experience and then you'll be in like, San Antonio. nope. Exactly. Um, Emily, another one of the other ghouls, she uh, talks a bit about the Emily Morgan Hotel in San Antonio. And we've been thinking about going there and seeing what's up. So we'll see. Maybe we'll visit the train tracks, too. I'll keep you posted. I mean, I just just an idea, but I think that'd be pretty fucking cool if you guys actually went out and did some investigations, yeah, and then report back. So I do know this group of people that actually did this shit too, and I mean, they would like travel all around the country, love it, because they were so into it. The same same kind of thing, like um, some people I worked with. One lady, she was like a, actually a mortician, so wow. that's how like into the yeah. She's like no fear, and they saw some crazy shit, yeah, and they had the EV meters. Um, I think they might still have a Facebook page. I'll have to see if I can dig it up for you guys. Yeah, we would love that. Because they would be interesting to talk to. Because I, like I said, I know they went to several, you know, at least a handful of really haunted spots around the country. Yeah. I wonder if the mortician had any spooky situations at work. I never asked her that. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Do you remember that show? Did you ever watch uh, Six Feet Under? We used to um, always talk about that was show. Was that on TBS? It was on, <laughs> I don't think so. It was an HBO show. I remember. So unless they, possibly they could have replayed it. I may, I may have seen it when I was younger, but it's not, I'm, I don't think I, I don't think I did. It's a great show. It is. It's dark as fuck. Dark AF, I'm down. But not in like the <laughs> scary way, more in like, I don't Psychological know. Psychological thriller. Yeah, more in the sort of existential mm, kind of way. Which is the scariest. <laughs> right. I agree wild so having grown up in massachusetts um you know i have a, a little bit of an interest in in good old hp lovecraft again and this is 
Our my boy. Entry, my entry point to Lovecraft is actually, I haven't actually read any of his work. Mm-hmm. Again, I've never, horror is not something that I fuck with. Yeah. I don't <laughs> like this shit. But I find at least the discussion around his work to be super interesting because it's always this really, um, this element of like cosmic horror and like these people that are sort of very, these very rational protagonists that are investigating, you know what I mean? They have that yearn for exploration and knowledge and what have you. And it ends up going horribly awry and them just like exactly being totally driven insane at that point, which I think is that's, that's cool. Yeah. I'm down with, I can fuck with that a little bit. Yeah. Most of, if not all of his stories, um, they are based around new England. So, in high school, I did read um, The Shadow Over Innsmouth, or you could say Innsmouth, but if you're going by certain towns in Massachusetts that have like the mouth, M-O-U-T-H at the end, it's pronounced as like myth. Mouth, so, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, The Shadow the shadow Over Innsmouth. Um, but that was based in Newburyport, which is like 20 minutes um, north of me. And like most of his books... Or stories, um, they're based on like the coast of Cape Ann, and do you want me to kind of explain the story a little bit because it sure. is actually very yeah, interesting. Um, so the character begins a tour of New England. So you're what you mentioned before, like a, protra- a protagonist trying to do some research and kind of like find out what's going on. Uh, so he begins a tour of New England. It's mostly fishing towns, kind of rundown, which is true. You know, we have Gloucester. Um, Beverly, Salem, Um, and he runs into a townsperson who kind of divulges into the history of Innsmouth, uh, which includes um, a supposed cult, and this cult is made up of hybrid sea creature people. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And they're called the Dark Ones. And so basically, basically they kind of took over the town... The Dark Ones did. And then the remaining Homo sapiens were forced to procreate with them. So then they had these like hybrid creatures um, and they were in this cult. So long story short, the character, he finds out that he's actually a descendant of the sea captain who started the cults. So he is actually a dark one. And so what happens is if you're... Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> It's great. So a dark one, if you are a human sea creature hybrid, you are born as a human and years go by, you're still a human, but then you slowly start forming into this sea creature. And then once you are fully formed, you're forced to go into the ocean, the bottom of it, and just live there for eternity. So it's it's kind of depressing, um, but he finds out that that's what he is. And in a way, you know, it's a huge twist but he is okay with it. He's like, okay, whatever. And I was reading, I forget what I was reading, a few months ago, but apparently Howard's parents, so HP, his first name's Howard, his parents both died in a mental hospital, which is like really sad. And there's a theory that this story of being born human and then slowly decaying into this like depressing creature is kind of based on his parents' mental illness, which is sad. But, I mean, I also understand that as well. 
a lot of us up in New England are depressed. <laughs> it's the lack of sunshine and the vitamin D. Um, but yeah, I, I should be reading a lot more of H.P. Lovecraft. Am I right? Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I haven't really delved, I will, I haven't delved into the I'll read the ones themselves. that aren't super scary, and then I'll tell you to read those ones. But I have read, okay, so there's a really great graphic novel series. It's like a one-shot, like 12 issues mm-hmm. that Based Alan, on him? Alan Moore did, yes. Oh, yeah. It's called Providence. Uh-huh. And it's yes. loosely, it's... Because he's from, he, I think he was from Providence, right? H.P. H.P. Lovecraft, yeah. yeah. He's buried there, I believe. You can oh. go visit his grave and so forth. And next time, I had no next idea. time you're back home. I had no idea. There's a great story for the, uh, for the podcast as well. Go to the grave Very of H.P. Lovecraft, right? Very true. Get some photos. Throw that shit on the social media too. <laughs> Boom. Can I like be a manager? Can I be a <laughs> <I> manager? Be... <laughs> now I just see that meme marketing. in my head. Marketing. Fucking marketing. Yeah, friggin' social media and marketing kid. But uh, this series... Okay, it's funny that you brought up that story about... What was it? The, the something of Innsmouth? The shadow over Innsmouth. The shadow over Innsmouth. I think that's sort of a loose basis for the story of Providence. And there's a ton of Lovecraftian references in the book that probably or in the series that probably flew over my head since I'm not familiar mm-hmm. but it's kind of similar it's this journalist from New York I think in he's from Brooklyn or something mm-hmm. and he goes he hears about this cult in Providence and goes there and it's sort of similar these people you know what I mean there's these hybrid people and this whole cult and it's very well done there's a lot of unreliable narrator that makes it quite interesting so you have each issue will have the actual like the comic the graphic novel portion with you know the thought bubbles yep and everything but then it so you'll see that's kind of the objective viewpoint of the story and then at the end it has his journal the main character's journal and then he's like and then he writes about his experiences so you can compare what actually happened in the graphic novel portion to what his sort of perception is afterwards Mm mm-hmm and the difference between those and he's cause he's kind of like convincing himself in his journal that, Oh, you know, I was probably tired. I didn't see this. Yeah, That's what we all try to convince be, ourselves right? when weird things happen. <laughs> Just imagined it. But it's a really, it's a quite well done series. There is actually a couple of prequels oh, that are really fucked up. Like one I'm is the, the court, the courtyard <laughs> is the first one. That one's huh. gruesome, but it's not, Ne- the Neonomicon, that's the one that, that one creeped me out. I was, like, disgusted by it, really? to be quite honest. Oh, yes. God. It's, it's fucked up. I'll have to check out Prophets. There's, like, interspecies sex going on. It's it, It's really Yeah, he does up. like that. I, I don't know why. It's just his thing. It's his king. Yeah, it's, We're not going to yuck his yum. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You got me with that one. <laughs> Yuck nice. his yum. I've no- it's a phrase for the people. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, it definitely puts the graphic in graphic novel. I'll just put it that way. It, I need I was to go check this out. really fucking disturbed by it. Nice. <laughs> so, Do you have some with you? Can I borrow? <laughs> I, somebody has borrowed. I don't have the Neonomicon or the Courtyard, but they usually... I know the, the public library does. Oh, okay, cool. And then good, I do have... Someone's borrowed... has a good graphic novel and comics uh, <laughs> selection, so I'll have to go there. Someone is borrowing my Providence set. It's like, I've got some nice like hardback, like three Ooh. hardbacks um, that I'll have to get back. If you do want to borrow them, you're definitely welcome, but you kind of do need to read the first two 
Yeah, it just kind of makes prequel. it flow better. Yeah. Yeah, especially if I ending... haven't read all of H.P. Lovecraft, which I have not. <laughs> <laughs> Being the H.P. Lovecraft scholar that you are. <laughs> the one book. <laughs> Actually, the main character meets H.P. Lovecraft in the... Weird. In Providence. Yeah. It's quite interesting. <laughs> I went to Providence a few years ago. A few of my cousins have gone every summer. But that's more for like, oh... You know, doing touristy and fun stuff with the fam. Um, but I went a few years ago with one of my best friends who's from New Hampshire. And he lived in Boston the same time I did. He went to an art school. Um, and honestly, I think we had met on MySpace years prior. which Just a fun fact. <laughs> but um, he worked in Providence one summer helping his mom tend a yacht. She was helping. It wasn't her yacht. She was just, I guess, tending to it. Uh, and she was also running an old inn that was downtown. It was like a, it had the historical plate on it and everything. And I went to visit and I stayed at this inn uh, one weekend. And let me tell you, spooky AF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the inn, I mean, it was very like quaint and lovely, um, just very old. Um, lots of like the carpeted staircases and mahogany wood everywhere. And it was... It was also very small, like kind of long, <laughs> like it just goes back really far, but it's um, really narrow. Yeah, it's very narrow. Like you'll drive by and you would never know that it was an inn. It kind of just looked like a small house or whatnot. Um, but the I'm pretty sure the original style and decor is still intact. Like it's it must have been from like the late 1800s, early 1900s. So I'm sure some things have been like repaired or replaced, but um, it was like heavily Victorian and there was a lot of lace. And like I said, just like wood everywhere and just the smell, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like when you go into an old, old home or building, like just that almost like musty smell, (laughs) Um, which I'm used to because I've grown up in, places where like my friend would live in an old house or you know you go yeah uh explore the Salem which trial houses and whatnot <laughs> um yeah we we ain't got that kind of stuff around here you don't we have, have that must in uh, not a, a, there has not a trailer <laughs> house that has survived since 1850 sadly damn <laughs> um but you know when you go into a place and you just kind of feel different like there's a shift in the air yeah a lot of people report there being like a cold like cold drafts of cold or something that they yeah i didn't feel that but i it's almost like there's like an increased awareness and you just become almost like hyper focused on the surroundings and you're not sure why maybe it's just because it's like different but there's just like i don't know you feel this energy and this kind of yeah strange strangeness and imagination too you know yeah exactly definitely feeds that Um, So I felt that and I slept in a room with a canopy bed, (laughs) like classic, like early 1900s. There was this giant. Did Dracula come and like try to. If anything, he visited Max, not me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was like this big wart. (laughs) I'm like, honey, stop. I'm trying to sleep here. (laughs) But there was no AC, just an old building. So I slept with the windows open, or all of the rooms had their windows open. And you could, like, smell the ocean air. You could hear it a little bit. And it, it I almost felt like I had gone back in time. And there were old books, like the original copies. And it just, 
I honestly felt like I had gone back in time. Like it was very spooky and I would love to go back and maybe do some research on the inn and, you know, who owned it earlier, maybe some special guests who had stayed there. It's interesting. But yeah, Providence is very, different areas, very cute. I was just disappointed that there, that Innsmouth wasn't a real place. Because oh, I know. Because <laughs> I remember always the description of the people there being sort of weird. And I was going to ask you, I mean, you, that's like true. a legit... Yeah, everyone from Massachusetts like is fish, weird. Like pe- fish people. Yeah, especially in Gloucester, which, I mean, it's a city that I love. It's, a you know, the fisherman town, the perfect storm is based there. Um, I mean, Massachusetts is very blue collar, very... Um, Fucking working class, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Ted. Uh, Newburyport, I mean, since, I mean, I guess over the past few decades, Newburyport has um, become quite fancy, but still the history is there. And it's, yeah, but regardless, everyone from Massachusetts is weird. Hello. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a good example. <laughs> That's what I like about you. Thank you. To be honest. <laughs> Why you're here? Exactly. That's right. <laughs> we must congregate together. Yeah, wicked weird. The fish people. Come on my podcast. Yeah, come on, come on, hun. <laughs> Sit down and talk, okay? Take a seat. Talk to Cooper. You want some vodka? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I hope to find some spooky places in Texas, um, even if that means you know driving seven miles west to go visit a haunted place. Like I'm down, you know. Yeah, I'm sure if you, I mean, it's just a Google search away. Like I said, there, Very true. Uh, there's uh, off the top of my head, I could think of the two places in Austin, but I'm sure that there's more. Um, there's definitely, like I said, San Marcos is mm-hmm. not that far of a drive. There's probably some older, I mean, if you do the research, I'm sure you can find tons. Yeah, absolutely. Tons of information. Even like, you know, just throwing something on Facebook. Yeah. And I'll see if I can get contact information for those people because they oh, would yeah, probably I would have love some. That. Have some suggestions too. I've been looking for a mortician friend, so <laughs> you're my connection. It's awesome. <laughs> actually, re- really cool person, actually. Yeah, it's good to have one of those in your back pocket. You never know. But uh, is there any more kind of paranormal or occulty stuff that you want to talk about? Because I also wanted to get into some other topics with you, if that's if that's cool. Oh yeah, we can move right along. Right on. So yeah. I, I I vaguely know that you so you spent some time in Nam. Yes. In the nom, in the shit. In, yeah. You were in the shit. <laughs> Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> so tell me about tell me about that. Like what how did that happen? What was your what was the inciting incident that led you to, to travel to Nam? That is a good cue. So I went to school in Boston for journalism. And after I graduated oh, a journo, huh? A journo, yes. <laughs> Not quite exercising that. Oh, you uh, have a degree. podcast, it's somewhat does that count? Yeah. I don't consider myself a I journalist, do. though. I'm, I'm very stringent about sourcing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before I wanted to, you know, settle down with like a nine-to-five desk job, I wanted to travel a little bit. And I had been very interested in Asian culture in high school. I took some classes. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, either go to Japan or Beijing. And then the more that I... Um, did you know? Researched, of course. I wanted to maybe go to a developing country instead. I feel like that would be more interesting. Um, and so after graduation, my first job was teaching English as a second language. I actually took like a an intensive course to get my CELTA 
degree um, to teach English. English. Now <laughs> to you can't teach even English. Speak, can't even speak it. <laughs> God damn. Typical. So disappointed. I know. And while I was, so I was doing that in Boston to, I was teaching um, foreigners, people here on their, with their visas or here for school or people just traveling for a few months to learn English. So I was teaching um, full-time. And one of my coworkers, a fellow teacher, ESL teacher, she had taught in Vietnam. And she would talk about it. And you know, one day I was like, hey, can we go to lunch? I just want to kind of pick your brain, um, see what it was like. And she was like, honestly, it was you know, very scary, which piqued my interest. <laughs> Not necessarily like the country of Vietnam, but just, you know, traveling abroad right. to yeah. a developing country where you don't speak the language and yeah. it's a tonal language on top of that. So, and I, as much as I love language, like I've, I know elementary <laughs> level of many languages, but I can, I am not fluent in anything but English, barely fluent in English. <laughs> um, so, You're doing fine, honey. You're oh, doing just thank fine. Thank you so much. Let me know. <laughs> um, and that really enticed me, you know, just to just that challenge and just that fear that I'm always chasing. Uh, so she, you know, she knew a guy in Nam. Uh, I got a guy in yeah, Nam. She got a, She knows a guy. Uh, Don't a, worry about it. An uh, international school, uh, and I applied, and I was hired. Lots of paperwork, but I um, I flew out there. By myself, I think it was like 23. My mom and dad almost had a heart attack. They were like, oh, okay, you're going alone. You don't have a place to stay. You're <laughs> just taking this flight to Vietnam. Um, so I was there for 10 months teaching English. Um, I met some really great people. A lot of the teachers at my specific school were British, so had some had some Brit friends they were great I um very few a few people from uh, the U.S. as well small world my cousin's now husband's cousin taught at the same school which is bizarre but that's how small the world is um but it was really great being there and exploring and you know just being immersed in the culture and the Vietnamese people are amazing in there um, all of my students were so intelligent. Um, I had about like, 60 students um, each, you could say, like semester or quarter. So I had uh, an adult class. I had like 15, 16-year-old high school level class. Um, I taught at a government school that was like seventh, eighth grade. And then I had the most difficult age group, uh, seven and eight-year-olds. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then the most adorable age group, which is three and four-year-olds. What? <laughs> I'm going to adopt a Vietnamese baby one day. Oh my God, they're so cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've just, I've always loved Asian culture. And if I ever go back, I'll be sure to visit the rest of Southeast Asia, go to Cambodia and Thailand and Laos and whatnot, Myanmar. So what city did you fly into originally? Uh, Ho Chi Minh City. Ho Chi Minh City. Saigon. Uh, and that's where I lived. I, um, I finally found, I stayed at a hostel. Still in Saigon. Yeah. Have you ever seen Apocalypse Now? Do I have to ask? This is a yes. dumb question. Yes. <laughs> a classic. Or were you just like in your, your, the room you're staying in, just getting drunk and punching <laughs> mirrors and doing Tai Chi or something? I mean, that's what I do on a daily basis. So, you you're know, like, if I'm going to Waking go to up, shit, I'm still in, I'm still in Nam. Still in Nam. Or Saigon, sorry. <laughs> 
Um, but it was nice being, you know, a a timid white girl, you know, and seeing the history, the impact of, you know, the U.S. on Vietnam. Because, I mean, my grandpa, you know, fought in the war. I have uncles that were in the war, and it's just nice to see not nice to see but important to see the other perspective and the other side so. now when you were there had the country i know they've liberalized i don't can't i don't know if for sure if that's very yeah. recent or if that was had occurred by the time that you uh yes they're um i don't want to say they're a democracy oh god i, I need a but they're full of, i i know now they're full-on capitalists and so forth mm-hmm. but. um but yeah it's definitely more liberal and I didn't realize that most of the country is Christian. I thought that maybe there'd be more like Buddhist Buddhism. Yeah. But I guess that's also from like the French infiltration. And yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But there are like huge cathedrals in um, Ho Chi Minh City, which is cool. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's kind of funny. Isn't it ironic, though? Like we killed so many people. We dropped so many bombs. I know. And they voluntarily became capitalists eventually <laughs> it's like Jesus well Christ. Like, i went to the whole mess for what <laughs> i uh, visited the there's like this huge it's i think it's called like the propaganda museum and so many artifacts and you know primary sources of that time and the majority if not all of the vietnamese people don't see us at least not now as an enemy they see us as a people that, you know, this, what happened was because of the government, which, I mean, if you do think about it, there's, there was so much that happened that, you know, came out in the wash later. So there is some truth to that, but it's nice to know that they don't hate us. Right. Because <laughs> I carry that guilt. So you, you never experienced any kind of n- negative Um, No, there'd be some people asking, you know, for money, I think I had one interaction where a lady got very upset with me that I wouldn't give her any money, but I honestly just didn't have any on me. And um, my Vietnamese friend, you know, I asked, we were just talking about it, and she said, well, you know, they do think that, like, you owe us for Uh, what happened. Interesting, okay. That makes sense. Which, like, yeah, I understand that, you know. Right. I'm privileged. I come from a first world country, and I'm here, you know. I should be helping the economy. (laughs) I should be helping the people, but... I mean, it was a learning experience, for sure. Ho Chi Minh is such a, I think, a super interesting character. He did... Uncle came Ho. To the, Uncle Ho came, he came to they the love U.S. Him. They love him. Well, yeah, I mean, he came <laughs> to the U.S., and I think he was educated either in the U.S. or... Anyways, something oh, like that. that. And I believe uh, I had read that they were more... Of, it was more of like a Vietnamese nationalist movement than communism and co- the communist aspect was more of just like sort of an uh, a convenient arrangement yeah and they do China. have a lot of you know like, what i mean because the chinese were right there yeah, yeah. and could supply them and, and mm-hmm. so forth and of course you know the french had been there for so long yeah china still has quite a hold on vietnam too even when i was there they were um they were arguing about um, some ports in vietnam and some like they were basically like arguing over some ocean <laughs> in between, and it was. Oh yeah, I think they're like the South China Sea, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's. I don't know. What about the food scenario? Like, I don't. I'm 
I'm like it's a, delicious. I'm I'm like a chicken strips kind of guy, <laughs> and pizza. Well, luckily for you in Ho Chi Minh City, there are there's KFC. They got a McDonald's while I was there, and you know everyone travels on motorbikes, and the drive-through was like really skinny because you know the cars aren't going to go through it. It's right. the motorbikes, which I thought was funny, and cool. <laughs> um, but the traditional Vietnamese food. I mean, I had more of like the northern. I mean, the southern style food. It's much, it's different in the north and it's almost like more influenced by like Thai food, a little bit. I was only in northern Vietnam for one month, Um, but the food's delicious. A lot of people wonder like, why would you eat pho on a hot day? But I guess the idea is it makes you sweat and then that cools you off more. But I am a pescatarian, so I only eat fish. So I'm pretty sure I probably had like beef broth there probably some chicken broth when I was there but I wasn't gonna be like that right that girl yeah <laughs> that expat <laughs> um so I was like yeah I'll, I'll try my best to follow my dietary restrictions but that's not it's not gonna be a huge deal if I find a piece of chicken and something and just put it in a napkin you know what's your best do you have a standout nom story to share standout nom story Hmm. Possibly traveling to Phuoc, which is an island off of Vietnam. And it's a funny name, Phuoc. <laughs> uh, it was like an hour. What the Phuoc you talking about? Exactly, exactly. And it's like an hour long flight from Ho Chi Minh City. And I went with some coworkers for like three or four days. And it was this beautiful island. Um, and we rented these bungalows right on the beach and it was like you know super cheap because the u.s dollars um it it was super cheap and then we took motorbikes along the coast and that was like a two three and a half hour adventure and we ended up at some other beach and it was like picturesque like white sand and um vietnamese food cooked for you right on the beach uh, and at night, I mean, the water was so warm and we went into the water and there was like heat lightning in the background, but it was also a, at sunset. And I have this video of us in the water and it's like a, it looks like a pastel cotton candy dream. And then there's just like huge bolts of lightning in the background and we're all just like laughing and <laughs> having an amazing time. And it was just so beautiful and it was nice to be, it was nice to see like the beauty of the beach, the coastline, you know, in the um, countryside after being in the city for so long, you know, it made me appreciate Vietnam more. Nice. Yeah. Did it rain a lot? I was actually just going to say uh, there was a crazy uh, storm while we were at the bungalows and it was so loud because, you know, it's not like a, there wasn't, there was a roof, but there's still like space between the walls and the roof. So it was like shaking us. <laughs> it was so scary. Only because of like the volume. It was just very loud. Um, but it rained. It was almost similar uh, to now, kind of like late spring. Um, there was, I remember only one cold day. The weather is actually very similar to Austin. <laughs> Uh, some you know Hot when it when it folk. exactly and when it rains it's super humid and there's only like a few cold days in the winter. But. I don't have a source for this, but I feel like I was reading within the last week or so that during that Vietnam conflict we were like dropping shit in the clouds to make it rain all the time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's rude. 
right? Because I'm just thinking even, I rem- remember in fucking Forrest Gump when he was in Vietnam, it was always, it was, always like, it was always raining, <laughs> big fat rain, sideways oh, rain. Oh my you God. Know I, mean? I know a lot of that happened in uh, Da Nang and that's more of like a lush area where there's more rain, but yeah, it did, it did rain. There's, you know, some tropical storms and whatnot. Huh. It's making me miss it. <laughs> How long were you there? Uh, I was there for like 10 months. 10 months? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So also on this kind of similar tip, you took a trip to Japan recently, right? I did. It's I took Japanese in college, and I wish I were Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I went with uh, a really good friend of mine. We went for a little under two weeks. Um, we went to Kyoto okay. for the first half, and then to Tokyo, of course. Nice. So Kyoto is more of like the countryside. It's like there are mountains everywhere, and that was beautiful. Um, I forget which province we stayed in, but you know we were a stone throws away from you know quote unquote city life. You know there are markets and whatnot, and restaurants and. Um, there was a comic book museum that we went to, a manga museum, and we rode our bikes through the countryside one day to get to a temple, which was really beautiful and stunning. And we also uh, experienced a six magnitude earthquake, Holy shit. <laughs> which <Damn>. my dad, like, <laughs> before we went, he like made a joke. He was like, "Yeah, make sure you don't, you know, hope there aren't any earthquakes." And then we woke up. And we woke up to an earthquake. We woke up and I, I felt like I was in the back of like a U-Haul that was going over an unpaved road at like a very high speed. <laughs> like shit. that's just what it felt like. And we immediately knew what it was, even though yeah. we had never experienced one that intense before. And I like reached over to my friend on his bed and I, was, I, I don't remember doing this, but apparently I just like grabbed his arm and like looked at him with like a very calm face, <laughs> but my heart rate, my Lord, it would not calm down. It would not go down for like hours after that. Um, and then we went to, we took a train to Tokyo, four hour train, and we stayed in um, Shibuya, or maybe it was, no, it was uh, Shinjuku. And we stayed at a hotel where Godzilla is on the side. So that was, that was a fun photo op. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I went to Harajuku, of course, and saw like the crazy fashions and the stores over there, which is amazing. Uh, had a lot of sake. I uh, went to some cool bars. There's this one area in, I want to say it's in Shinjuku. And I may talk about this in the Golden Ghouls podcast, but it's basically like a street full of very, very small bars. And they're very aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> and I guess they don't really welcome tourists or Westerners. It's more just like, like local, hey, it's yeah. for, yeah, exactly, local Japanese people. Or, you know, if we were friends with someone, of course we'd be welcome, but it's not right. like a place where like you go in just and in, speak yeah. poor Japanese, you know. Um, and that was really cool. That almost had that like older, possibly haunted vibe walking down that street at night in the rain, like looking into all of these bars and seeing like the tenders and the uh, the guests that's sitting at the bars, like in, it was dimly lit and I don't know, it was just really cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would love to go back, love to go back to Japan, maybe teach some English one day, we'll see. 
You know what I want to hear about, though? You know, I have got to hear about that street fashion, though. Oh, yeah, of, co- of course. So I here's always, Juku. I always hear that to- Tokyo or Japan in general is like two years ahead of us here oh, in the absolutely. U.S. in terms of style. Yeah. So we're kind of, what I remember, I feel like the health goth phase, it was still there <laughs> a little bit, but like phased out. And there was definitely more of the like fun, playful, colorful attributes. Like okay. picture a... <laughs> Picture a health goth, but with just like a touch of pastel accessory, perhaps. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I guess in Japan, traditionally, um, you don't really want to stand out or stick out. But in Harajuku, in Tokyo, like that is the norm. So a lot of people bleach their hair, dye different colors. Um, Tattoos are not seen as, they're seen as like a disrespect to the body. And there are even some places like bathhouses that don't allow people with tattoos. And so it was really um, gratifying to be in like the middle of this um, almost like progressive area. You know what I mean? Where these people are excited to explore their identities, not necessarily in like the way that Westerns do, but, you know, just you know, taking inspiration from whatever they can, not necessarily Western influence. Um, there, I'm trying to think of the other crazy fashions. It's, just, it's exactly what you what you picture. You know, different groups of girls dressed in different ways. You got the kawaii, um, the Harajuku girls, of course. I didn't see any Harajuku girls, but <laughs> no Gwen Stefani. But it was, it was fascinating and really it was super exciting. Like you just, you don't want to close your eyes. You don't want to go to bed. You just want to like, just look everywhere. Just be a fly in the wall and just stare at people like a creep. <laughs> I definitely, I fucking love that kind of Eastern influenced. And it seems like the Japanese fashion and even Korean designers are making some, there's some really up and coming Absolutely. Designers, of course, I like agree. old school Yoji ya- Yamamoto. Mm-hmm. But also, gotta love the, are gotta you love familiar him. with uh, the brand or label Julius? Uh, no. Oh, Julius is fucking Do I got to get amazing. down on Julius? Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty similar to kind of like Rick Owens. Mm-hmm. But I love a Mandarin just collar. Maybe turned, turned more, like maybe a little bit more committed to the, I don't know, the, I don't want to say costume, but more into the like cyber punk aesthetic oh i'm yeah that's definitely it sounds more but it's kind of it's definitely like you know the same kind of like drapey silhouette sort of thing mm-hmm. and drop neutrals crotch pants. Is, yeah is it just black and oh white yeah it's, as well? it's a lot of blacks and whites and so forth but oh, cool. just have to check them out really, is it women as well uh yeah cool i believe so yeah it's uh julius there's another sub label like nylos it's like n-i-l-o-s but the o i don't it's not a real o it's like the o with the like looks like a zero, you know. Sometimes you'll have a zero oh, yeah. what or the whatever the slash. Or, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce pronounce it, but uh, a really amazing brand. Yeah, I'm kind all of, about the Mandarin collar. Oh yeah, I know you are as well. <laughs> I actually, so I bought. I have a Julius uh, kind of Mandarin collar style shirt that I bought, mm-hmm. and a hoodie. Of course, I'll never get to wear that hoodie Ugh. again. That just means you're going to have to travel, Cooper. Right? I know. <laughs> uh, actually, so I did. I did go to New York. Oh yeah, uh, recently. About, yeah, within the last month. Yeah. So I visited the Rick store. I went to Comedy. Do you need to make some friends? <laughs> there was a really cool guy that 
was there. Of course, he was like the quintessential like Rick physique Owens. for yeah, the Rick because he's like six foot one or so. Yeah, he's, he's like, like super a thin. Model, he had, yeah, gaunt. He had amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> had really amazing tattoos, like face and head tattoos. Oh, he looked. He was probably a Rick Owens runway model. He looked Let's fucking. Be real. Yeah, he looked Let's fucking. Got to say, he looked cool as shit. I was just yeah. like, You're like, I want making, to be you. I was just kind of like tra- make cracking jokes about being goth in, in Texas and shit like that. <laughs> Uh, but I did get to, so he, you know, the furniture that he makes, so they had some of the chairs there that are like a solid marble, yeah. a solid marble chair. So I got my photo taken there. Did photos you got to in sit your ass store. down at the... <laughs> exactly. I'll watch the throne. Amazing. Of course, I did not buy anything. But yeah, it's a little So a little many pricey. things, so many things that I wanted to buy. That Think of like, it like an art gallery. You just go to <laughs> right? admire. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it very much is in the style of an art gallery because there's you know sculpture there and everything too i do love that about designer stores like if you went to the prada store too like i would never buy anything prada i couldn't ever buy anything prada but just going into the new york store i'm like yeah it was was pretty it was pretty (laughs) like an installation it was pretty dope um where else did i go so i went into kith which is just a streetwear shop now kith um (laughs) kith the bride yeah that's streetwear yeah, but it's more like the traditional kind of streetwear that you think of more so than, any, you know like what I mean? Like night, Yeah, it would, they have a Soho store, but I think there is a Brooklyn store at Williamsburg location mm. as well. Where else did I go? That was Comme des Garçons was oh, classic. pretty dope. They had like a tunnel to the store. What? And Is our, that new or has that always been I'm not sure. Huh. I'm, I'm unsure how long they've had that space, but... So it was kind of like a six-foot tunnel, and then the door was like this kind of oval-shaped glass, and it had a handle. You just reach in and like grab the handle and pull it in. But I don't know. The stuff they had inside was not that great. I wasn't all that intrigued by you the styles that they had. Yeah. But I do appreciate all the thought and the detail that goes into those oh, yeah. stores. I'm like, I, you guys go look at those pants. I'm going to keep staring at this door. <laughs> it was def- like, It was really cool. This carpet. The layout was definitely non-traditional. And it was really interesting. Yeah. And I think they even had, so there's a Korean designer. I don't, I'm probably pronouncing this incorrectly, but Jun, Jun Jae. It's like I think J-U- Ethan has mentioned. J-U-U-N. Dot J or something. Yeah, I see. So he had a collaboration head. with Com de Garçon, I think. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Check that out too. But it was, or no, it wasn't him. It was uh, Junio Watanabe. Watanabe. I don't know who that is. Should I? I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if he's Korean or not. But anyways, yeah. definitely in that realm. More of like you know what's funny actually is the Japanese make the best or what's considered the best brands of like denim. I was just going to say Japanese denim. Yeah. yeah. I need to get myself a pair of those. <laughs> it's just like the best quality in the way they that have like, like the thread yeah. intersects. It's like a full piece of thread. I don't know. The like science apparently behind it. They somehow got all the old looms that were used in the U.S. to make denim. Oh, weird. Somehow wind, wound up in Japan. So that's why huh. Japanese denim. I'd like to know the history the of shit. that. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And just like the dyeing process as well, and it's supposed to like last a really long time. And they're they're already like very focused on tailoring and the fit and how it falls. So you gotta find some Japanese denim, Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I want to go to Tokyo and check that shit out. Go flex my goth ninja Absolutely. style. 
I know. We, we, we do love the Asian influences. Get kicked out of the bathhouse for my tattoos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you, so uh, do you know the artist Takashi Murakami? Oh, yeah. So he's at the, um, well, he's the Museum writer, of correct? Fort. He is an artist. Well, there's... Oh, you're thinking of Murakami, the other artist. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean the other, yeah, the author. Sorry. So this is a different Japanese man, and he's an artist. And he has uh, an exhibit at the Museum of Dallas-Fort Worth right now that I want to go check out. But it's very, I'm trying to, let me pull up a picture. But it's um, like the the flowers with the colorful petals and the faces. Okay. It's like very whimsical. Um, oh, nice. All right. Like you look at it. And you're I've like, seen okay, that guy. Okay, that's Japanese. I've definitely seen that guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's very interesting. But I got to make that three-hour drive over the... <laughs> also, I'm sorry I keep hitting the mic. <laughs> Classic me. Right. When I was in New York, I did... I went to the MoMA also. What was... Mm-hmm. The coolest thing that I saw at the MoMA, I think my, you know, my favorite traditional kind of thing was this Lichtenstein piece. Oh, yeah. But the neatest thing was they had a whole exhibit on the architecture of former Yugoslavia. Wow. And it's all this That's like. wild. Yeah. Oh, so cool. It's all this very, like the, I don't know if you're familiar with like brutalist architecture. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm actually uh, part of a Facebook group. <laughs> Oh, That's nice. based on brutalist. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> Architecture, I'll add you. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's all that aesthetic, and so they had photos. It's of very that. Yugoslavian. <laughs> they had photos of the actual places, and they had pretty, you know, pretty tisk- models that were pretty large, and it was super interesting. I was like, damn, I want to go on a tour of these. Right? Are any of those fucking amazing structures places. still? Yeah, definitely. There? Yeah, I feel like there was In one that was one was of like a fucking soccer stadium that was really is amazing it was like a flying saucer that landed kind of. that's yeah. sick <laughs> right i always wonder like how like the brutalism the brutalist architecture is like what are you stemming your inspiration from is it just like weather you know like you need right. to build something that's like strong independent, and you don't need any you know anything fancy I don't it's know. like socialist utopian yeah and it, just no, that, the like, it's spooky. The, also the concrete plays into that too. It's like, yeah, I guess it's very the materials fun- yeah, that you have. To. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I guess you're not going to have many windows if you don't have a lot of glass. So, yeah, I guess that makes sense. It really makes you think though. But I just love the, sh- some of the real modern elements to it are fucking incredible. Yeah. For I would sure. love to go on like a tour of, the whole right. region and check that shit out It'd be so dope really seriously I've been following a couple there's like a hashtag brute group or something on instagram oh my god that i wonder I if it's the same as Could the facebook be. group <laughs> uh, there's apparently a s- several so i've been like following those and loving eating that shit up yeah it's delicious brutalism <laughs> is delicious right that's gonna be my epitaph that's also like rick's whole vibe is a lot of his because he they also make furniture i don't yeah. know if you knew that mm-hmm it's funny too. I was reading an article from like Mr. Porter. Mm-hmm. I was talking about Rick has a apartment in Venice mm-hmm. that is floor to ceiling marble. Of he course. had this done. <laughs> and so Why like, wouldn't he? Everything, everything <laughs> is marble, even the toilets. And the really funny quote was like, "It's he was like, you know, it's just about following an aesthetic as thoroughly as possible." And I was like. <laughs> Fuck yes. Floor to ceiling. Yes, I love that. All appliances. (laughs) 
So whatever aesthetic you're doing, you have to you have to fully commit. Yeah. And go one hundred percent. Do you think that Rick has a sense of humor? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I was like, he's either like very stoic and kind of like. I mean, I think Chrissy, he's... or he has a sense of humor and he knows like what he's doing and he knows that people will enjoy his. Yeah. I mean, I think he's kind of a, he seems to be at least he comes across as sort of somewhat quiet and reserved, but mm-hmm. I'm sure he has. Deep a, down, there's a yeah. There's a maniac. <laughs> I mean, he did punch one of his models in the oh, face. Yeah. Because he held up that sign, Merkel, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole Merkel thing. <laughs> Don't mess with Rick. <laughs> it's funny to all randomly see. I remember randomly seeing on Instagram like he's hanging out in the Paris underground, like the waiting for the train or something. Just hanging and out. And it's just gear. It's like, man. Imagine. Right. <laughs> Did people recognize him? I'm sure. It's oh, Paris. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> huh. His hair. It's great. Do you think he dyes it? I think he does. Mm, he'd have to. I think he like, does. Because he's, he's in his later... He's like my dad's age. Is he? He's in his late 50s. Mid to late what? 50s. Yeah, he's in his 50s for sure. He looks great for his age. What about Michelle, though? I mean, she looks her age, but she's also she's fabulous, fascinating. Right? Yeah. I found out that she dyes her fingers with henna ink. Okay, have you ever seen pictures sense. of her Doesn't with she, like the dark she has, fingers? She um, she has some facial tattoos, doesn't she? Is that? No, she does like a mark on her forehead sometimes, uh-huh. like a black. I wonder if that's also mark. henna or if that's permanent. I'm not sure, but I'm like, uh, I kind of mm. like that idea of dipping your. I don't know. I kind of like that. Yeah, aesthetic. like you do you, do whatever. If you feel like dipping your phalange into henna, <laughs> phalanges. You know, like you and putting it on your body, like you do it. I had been considering um, doing like a matte fingernail, matte black fingernail polish. Do it. Why not? Might do it. Yeah. You might have to buy it separately, the black and the matte top right? coat, yeah. but I can hook you up. Learn me. <laughs> yep. Learn me the ways. <laughs> I love how much he loves Michelle, too. I mean, I only know this much about Rick Owens because an ex of mine was obsessed, as you know. Um, but I love, the, I love the dynamic of their relationship. Like, he just loves her so much, and, like, she's his inspiration, and, I mean, rightfully so. Snooze. She's She's amazing. <laughs> Snooze. <laughs> That's really what he calls her. But uh, you know what's really interesting is I found out I did not know this but I mean she's an artist and filmmaker mm-hmm. and what have you in her own right but she was a, protege- a feminist she was a protege of um I can't remember are you familiar with Deleuze and Watari the they're like postmodern no. sort of theorists anyways very learn me very influential um postmodern you know philosophy theorists so Gilles Deleuze and Felix Watari she was a protege of one of them, oh. which I thought was just like, oh, this is like so. F- even yeah. my appreciation is even more <laughs> such now. She couldn't get any cooler. Yeah, exactly. It's like icing on the cake. Exactly. When I found that, I was like, holy exactly. shit, because Hannah I'm totally, icing. I'm totally into that whole thing. I think if you even look behind you, there's probably a, a book somewhere over there by Watari and. <laughs> just got and a Deleuze. few all yeah. over. But, anywho. Um, I've had we've been talking for about an hour and a half. Um, do you have any kind of final thoughts? I don't really have any topics that I'd like to cover beyond this. So I know I'm going to think of a million things. Right. You know, once I'm driving home and when I'm You'll trying like, to go to it. sleep, <laughs> when I'm working right. tomorrow. Um, but I mean, we can always we can always hang out again. I also hope that people can hear me because when I record with the Golden Ghouls, I think I'm I just very this. Yes. very soft spoken. Uh, I try to. 
elevate my voice? I don't know. I've de- I've had worse. Can you're, you hear me? You're not, yeah, I bet you're you're at least making the like wave function kind Good, of go. Great. So don't worry about that. Someone told me he was like, you, you kind of sound like you're underwater, or like I yeah, think I think your I think your mic isn't working as well as the other one. Right. I'm like we share a mic. <laughs> ah, that's you know what? That's probably what it is. Honestly, yeah, it's hard. It's you really need your own like dedicated mic to make it work and like a perfectly square room where the sound bounces off the walls perfectly which i mean we don't have that. yeah I <laughs> you need know to... we set up in Alyssa's guest room and we have a, like a blanket hanging over one that's wall a good idea. and we need to get these bad boys these yeah little... these make a difference but even then what i want to do is get some dividers and get that like soundproofing material yeah. and like surround at least this table you should make an outfit right with soundproof <laughs> materials <laughs> Send it to Rick. I think he'd love it. <laughs> Sounds good. I will. I'll email him. Yeah. In all not? caps. Yeah. Be like, I'm screaming, but you can't hear me because I'm wearing soundproof materials <laughs> all over my body. Nice. He'll love it. All right. Well, Kylie, thanks so much for joining me on podcast. Of Care of Cooper Cherry. Of course. I loved being here. Thank you so much. It was fun talking. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>